if it, it might ask you to to just okay it, if that's okay. Yeah, yeah, done. I don't. I always do get freaked out by that voice. I don't know why. Yeah. <laughs> well, it's, it's the it's ideal voice special, for sci-fi yeah. games, though, isn't it? Female, well, monotone. Yeah, um, it's it's got that computer psycho kind of, killer type. Exactly that too calm as, voice as those whirring blades are coming towards yeah. you. Retardation in progress. In six seconds. <laughs> Mm, blood spatters in progress. Uh, the other thing I bought from Games Expo was uh, Agents of Dune, which, like most Modifius products, is gorgeous, lovely to look at, pretty much impenetrable. Uh, so I'm going to, but it's, it's, it's good fun. So, so you, you'll be amazed to know that sandworms are not the monsters I'm going for. And what else did I buy? Oh, I bought um, Mutant City Blues after the last oh, episode, actually, because Kay was recommending it and saying how good it was. And it, it is absolutely, again, fabulous. Yeah. Fabulous. Good. The main thing I collected from UK Games Expo, though, was a hangover. Have you, yeah, quite ex- extraordinary proportions on Friday night. Gee. Um, there was some hard drinking going on, let me tell you, amongst the, our booth sort of buddies. We're really going for it. It was terrifying. I've not yeah. seen that kind of drinking in a while. <laughs> well, my I no. was just a, I was just a flying visit this year, but I'm already booked in for the the full enchilada next year. So, uh, it was definitely a good show. I thought. Episode 6, Series 2 of Frankenstein's RPG Podcast, an examination of the social interaction of monsters in space. Apologies for my voice, I'm still recovering from COVID, but wanted to get the episode out as soon as I could. This episode, I'm joined by John, Wayne and Martin as we try and start to dissect the complex arena of social skills and tests and what we might have close encounters with in space, how that looks and whether or not they're going to kill us. But you very quickly will be able to see that designing by committee is neither easy nor, nor straightforward. In this episode, we reference an anecdote I previously relayed while going on. Um, and this is it. My grandmother told us that she was upset with my grandfather because he had said, uh, do you know who you remind me of? And she had anticipated Sophia Loren or perhaps Ava Gardner. Uh, no, he said, Arthur Lowe. Uh, which you could see why she was no longer talking to him, but all her family had to agree with him. Anyway, here's the episode. I hope you enjoy it. Welcome, everybody. Welcome to episode six, series two. Series two. Uh, episode six, and this is all about social interaction and monsters. And unless anybody has any sort of firm sort of feelings as to which one we should do first. I thought we'd go with social interaction. How you handle interaction between NPCs and PCs, and then obviously in between PCs too. 
So I'm hoping that that's going to make sense. If you remember on the fantasy version, funnily enough, we took the one ring mm. because it had that sort of extended test mechanic, I think it was. Um, and then I roundly ignored it when we played the game. So nothing new there. So, that's allowed. Uh, that's gonna... allowed. That's in the rules. You're allowed yeah. to do that. That's as written. Absolutely. So we have uh, Social Interaction and Monsters, Episode 6. So if you'd like to, uh, to introduce yourselves, everybody, can I start perhaps with, uh, with Martin? Uh, yep. Yeah. Uh, Martin, uh, mcookie123 on Twitter. Picture of Captain Mannering, but I don't look as much like Captain Mannering as, as other folk. This, this refers to an anecdote that you'll have to wait until UK Games Expo next year for me to tell in the bar. Uh, it's my grandmother. Uh, John, would you mind uh, introducing yourself, please? Yeah, it's not I'm like absolutely creasing up now or anything. We're just, we're just normal men. Yeah, um, <laughs> yes, uh, I am John Hodgson, and uh, I am all over the internet in, in different guises. Uh, Johnny Hodgson at Art. Uh, you'll find me as on Twitter. Um, I run a little games company called Handiwork Games, and you can find us at handiwork.games. It's been a busy day. I'm woefully unprepared, so you can look forward to that. That's, that's the standard interpretation of uh, coming onto the pod. That's okay. And then uh, Wayne. Uh, yes. Could you introduce Wayne, yourself? Wayne Peters. Uh, I am uh, at Wayne underscore Peters on Twitter, and um, that's about it really i've got nothing to flog uh, i'm just one of those rare breed of internet denizens the middle-aged white man with opinions <laughs> and uh, and indeed a beard <laughs> and, yeah. and uh, there's absolutely no truth to the rumor that we are both involved in a game of traveler or in fact a long-running uh, campaign of traveler it's it's all a fabrication anyway good so we are going to look at social interaction and uh unless anybody's going to volunteer to go first i shall uh, i shall use the magic pointer uh and uh and ask wayne wayne would you go first please oh yeah okay uh social interaction wo woefully ill prepared yeah uh much much as uh with the resource management i uh, misunderstood the task in hand uh and i had to change my uh my option the last the last second um so uh, initially, I was looking at NPC uh, creation, um, and I was actually going to throw in Traveller 2300, the original, um, but not to be, because uh, the extent of their social interaction is basically um, make a persuasion role. So I don't think that really has really up to the task. So what I've gone yeah. for instead is uh, the One Ring, the original One Ring. Um, because I mixed feelings about the game. And I'm, I'm kind of <laughs> saying this with John in the room. That's <laughs> all right. I know, you didn't, I know you didn't design it, John, so that's why. Um, the art was rubbish. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's, it's oh, mate, you're thinking the second edition there. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Shots fired. <laughs> No, um, to say mixed feelings about the, the game itself, but I did like the journeying rules and I do like yeah. the social interaction rules, um, yeah. which, uh, they, I mean, they do have, um, I mean, this is a science fiction game, isn't it? So I'm uh, yep. uh, throwing in a fantasy game, which uh, may have, uh, I'll blame it on last minute panic. 
But so, so it, I think it, you know, it's about right. I mean, it, it was in the first game. It was in the fantasy game. But you know, if hmm. it works, it works, doesn't it? Well, what I like about this is um, all the characters, you, you generally have a sort of a council and all the characters will introduce themselves and they have mm. to impress their host with their, their bravery or their kind of their social standing. Um, and if they fail this, they are, they're sent out of the room. That's it. You, you don't participate any further. And then those remaining um, get to try and um, break down their their sort of social opponent's tolerance one one bit at a time um, with various different skill roles. It's not just a case of uh, persuade them or intimidate them. You know, you've, got a, you've got a mixture of stuff. And I really like that. I like and uh, sort of the characters kind of um, how um, their, their notoriety or their eloquence kind of plays into the skill roles. I, I really like that. So as I say, that, that has a bit of a, uh, uh, kind of a, a Lord of the Rings feel to it. It's, it's this idea that you're actually sort of the, the assumption is you're in some kind of audience, but I don't think that's the intention of the rules. I think that's just me, the way I'm kind of interpreting it on the fly. Um, uh, I, I, I think the other thing about that is actually there are there's sort of lots of elements of role playing that become sort of codified within the game, don't they? That you can use that again, that extended test mechanic. So, you know, writing a song or appealing to one of the great lords or something like that becomes an extended test. So, it's not just you meet a monster. What happens? Yeah, yeah. No, I think so. I think I think that's why I'd be throwing in is that idea. I suppose it's the core mechanic rather than taking it wholesale from the One yeah. Ring. It's that core mechanic of having a kind of a, a tolerance or um, I think it's disposition actually. They're using mouse guard. And just using various skill roles as an extended task to kind of break that down. And gen generally, the amount that you succeed by or the amount of, of the tolerance you manage to reduce depends on how well, how favorably or how much you change their mind. So that would be, that's my nomination for social interaction anyway. It's the One Ring first edition. Nicely done. Thank you very much. Uh, John, can I come to you now? Social interaction. Yeah, I, have, what, uh... I had a really good idea for a podcast sort of piece of content rather than what I actually think, but that's okay. So I'm going to go for the idea of just role-playing and not having social interaction rules because I heard that endlessly in relation to the One Ring when I was working on that, you see, because it is quite widely understood how to deploy those roles but let me get further into character in something i don't believe in but actually just role playing between your characters is the best way to do it and it's it's very very flexible you don't get caught up in some weird um sort of dead end that the rules put you into um nobody can ever role play uh to be a more sort of charismatic character than they actually are you end up having mm -hmm. to go my very charismatic and and you know silver-tongued character does that thing they do that i can't tell you what it is because i'm not that person so we'll just have to roll persuasion that's all load of nonsense just role play i've i've already i've already argued against myself with that because how could you do that if you don't have rules but we'll ignore that moving swiftly on but i do quite like the idea of going as minimal as possible and not actually having social interaction mechanics because that's just a board game right i don't believe that either but that's what a lot of people have said about francesco's lovely mechanics in the one ring 
there's, there's not a terrific, a terrific amount of conviction going on in, in this. Other. <laughs> this we, 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 we call this the, the Grange Hill or the Zamo defence. You know, just say no. Yeah. Uh, okay. I, I guess the only thing I would sort of say is how do you overcome? And a couple of people have said it actually. I'm conscious of things like, you know, X cards and making sure that everybody's having fun. Mm. What do you do if somebody's not particularly comfortable in and they'd rather just roll a dice i guess give them the option if you if you if it's just say no yeah, well okay sort of session zero Sabotage. stuff isn't it that i think i think that's probably something worth mentioning get that in the early section of the sci-fi game is to have that sort of discussion about the way you want to handle social interaction and and role playing and stuff and do you do, do you want to allow people to run with their own personal role playing and acting ability or do you want to keep pulling it back to character sheets um, and I can totally see two sides to that and have been yeah. in games where I would go either way, depending. Um, but, you know, no, you're totally right because there's a lot of people that I had a really terrible game once. I can't say what it is because it was because to tell the anecdote would to be give it away what it was and people could be offended that we're running the game. It was a play test of a game and we totally got it wrong. Me and my friend who came along to this session totally misunderstood the tone of it completely. And we thought it was quite a grim and gritty realistic 20th century modern game but it was supposed to be like saturday morning cartoons and it was really it was really bad and i'm really sorry for the people <laughs> that are in that game because they couldn't understand why we were playing it the way we were playing it but we were genuinely we weren't like doing it on purpose we thought it was that you know so yeah there we go was it, important part was of social it, interaction isn't it that it, get your ground rules in was it toon no it wasn't toon, oh. but it would have been good if it was Toon meets Che Guevara. That would have been great. Toon meets <laughs> And Goodfellas. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah. Exactly that. I'm going to off the rabbit. Yeah. Okay. So good. So let's, don't, let's not have a rule for that. Let's just role play it. That's yeah, it. Just Crack role on. play. That's my vote. I don't really agree with that, but that's what I'm going to say <laughs> to be different. Zamo. Just say no. Yeah. Good. Uh, Martin. Right. Uh, okay. Okay. So, uh, interestingly, both John and Wayne mentioned stuff I was going to talk about, which is, well, it's probably what John says about the, you know, why not just role play? I think um, that's kind of like, it's, it seems like a good, simple solution. But I think, uh, Dave, you picked up on the fact that if, you know, if you've got somebody who's like socially anxious in the game, then that, that really isn't going to be welcoming to them when, mm. you know, it's, it's going to, all revolve around a lot of chatting and that's going to be if you succeed or not. So, um, so the, I might as well start with this. So the game I'm going to choose in the end is going to be the expanse, uh, which expanse. is modern age. Um, and one of the reasons I'm going to choose it is that it gives this, uh, sort of lovely little, um, explainer, uh, for those of you following along at home, this is on page 190 of the core rules. And it basically says, uh, here's some ways you can deal with social encounters and the rules. Role playing. Everyone can just role play, play the scene, um, which is the John position. Uh, then you've got ability test. You can just roll the dice against your persuade, against their not persuade, whatever that skill is. Uh, and you can just roll the dice, or you can do a combination of it. You can role play a bit. And give bonuses for the roles if you think somebody has role played it particularly well, which I think Ooh. is a nice little halfway house. 
or and this goes more into the kind of uh, extended testing you could run a scene as an advanced test by setting a threshold and everyone's got to meet the threshold at the end and it doesn't matter how many tests you have or maybe that you've only got five tests to do it which is kind of like that kind of one ring thing but what i like mm-hmm. about that is it just explicitly says here's a way of handling social situations which i think many other role playing games just do not tell you mm-hmm. um yeah and so i think that that for me is a big win um so other other things so going back to what Wayne was saying about the one ring and like if you if you mess it up you're thrown out of the room that to me is a big it's a big sort of bugbear of mine about um social rules is that the stakes are always unclear so like if i go into combat i'm going to get shot or i know what the stakes are if i pull my gun i know i might die or my character might die but with social skills sometimes the stakes you're playing for are a bit nebulous because you don't not many systems are laid to take social damage. So I think I like a system where there's there's something at stake here. If you get it all wrong, you are going to suffer something. So I think games that do that well, uh, yeah, okay. Uh, Beowulf, uh, for one, I'm, I'm reliably told it does that. Uh, Beowulf? Beowulf? Is, is, is that available for sale? Is I, it is available for sale, yes. I, I, I believe oh. so uh forged so the forged in the dark games i think allow you to take stresses like that i think um other games that do it well uh spire i think again you take you know you take sort of uh, uh conditions and that can be brought about by social social yeah. conflict so i want that in my social system i want there to be a stake that if i get it wrong i'm going to suffer some sort of damage um so i kind of like that uh, so, so I narrowed it down to games like that where I've, I can feel there's a something something going on. So, like I said, I'm, I'm going to end up saying the expanse, but if I just kind of throw out some other stuff, um, so I'm currently in the game of Red Markets. So, Red Markets, okay, really like. Uh, so, if Sam Vale's listening, put your fingers in your ears because he detests what I'm about to talk about. But uh, there's a there's a quite a involved mechanic about negotiation. So part of red markets is you've got to negotiate a deal for your next job. And there's a whole mini game within that about getting the best deal, which relies a lot on different social skills and different approaches. Um, And the stakes are really high because if you mess it up, you you end up going on a job for next to no money. Um, So for those people unfamiliar with red markets, it's a, it's a brutal game. It's about, it's, the, the author, um, Caleb, oh, my word. Sorry. Caleb. Yeah, I'll name check. Caleb of Wall Street. Let's put it in the name? notes because it's he, he's, he's like a one-man band and it, it's a brilliant game. But he's like, you know, he's a, he comes in from it from a Marxist perspective. So there's a definite like political kind of edge to the game. And if you mess it up, you're doing a job for like less than the minimum wage sort of thing. And I like yeah. that. That's a nice stake that you can you can have. And so the well, other game, if, if, he, if he's a complete Marxist, surely you sort of end up in the gulag or something like that. Wouldn't you? Well, no, because the game, the game, the idea of the game is that you see what the brutal the capitalism without unfettered capitalism, you see how horrible it is. So so the game isn't like a Marxist recreation of something. It's just saying, look how bad capitalism is. Shouldn't we replace it with something nicer, which I think is something we can all uh, back in, uh, uh, to different levels. So the other game I picked up recently, 
Party political broadcast on behalf of the nice people. Mm. Ecopunk 2044. Uh, and I'm going to say that this is, a, I, I'm still haven't got my head around some of the systems yet, the dice pool system. But again, it's got social social cost, which they refer to as heat. So it's a bit like Forged in the Dark, like if your crew gets heat. And there's a similar thing going yeah. on here. And that can happen through social as well as other stuff. So I like that. And as far as I know, it's the only role-playing game that's been supported by the Arts Council. Uh, so I think that's quite a quite a, a little thing. And again, it's coming from perhaps it's perhaps it's a theme here, but it's coming from a very socialist, although this time quite an eco-socialist uh, perspective. So I quite like that too. But back to my original choice, we're going to go for the Expanse because not only has it got that nice little explainer, but also the rules are just about social conflict are really great. You work out what the NPC's attitude is, hostile, very hostile, neutral, friendly. Mm-hmm. And you want to, you then say what attitude you want to end them, want them to end up with at the end of your social interaction. So I'm trying to shift mm-hmm. somebody who's unfriendly to friendly. That sets, okay. the diffi- that, that sets the difficulty. You've got some social stunts you can use, like read the room or sway the crowd or whatever. Mm-hmm. So they're like individual stunts you can develop. And then the idea is you, depending on how difficult it is, you can move your NPC from very hostile all the way up to very friendly if you get good enough rolls. And I like that. It's a nice mechanic. If And obviously, if it goes wrong, your NPC goes from neutral to I really detest you uh, or, or, you know, can drop down that attitude list. So there's a stake yeah. there as well. So your relationship could be soured. So it's based on modern age um, system. Uh, but obviously in the Expanse universe, that's my choice. It's Green Ronin, The Expanse, uh, by Steve Good. Kenson is the designer. There we are. Fantastic. Didn't didn't even see a graph either, which is no. extraordinary. Just no, to... Notes taken, though. Fantastic. It's always embarrassing when I have to go after somebody who's done a really good sort of job. Uh, I'm I'm going to leap in straight away. Uh, I'm I'm going for Serenity. Mm-hmm. Now, it, it kind of uh, I I was sort of thinking about you know uh, rather than than uh, doing an extended uh, look through every single game that I own to find what I was going to do, I would have said the One Ring. If I'm absolutely honest, I have I have even flirted with uh, the uh, the Grange Hill defence of Just Say No. I, I don't know the expanse. I'm scared to play red markets, <laughs> mainly because you know I, I, there's a there's a, a chance I may I may go full sort of Che Guevara on uh, uh, on the on the capitalist eco punk twenty twenty forty four. I don't know, but uh, Serenity. One of the reasons why I went for Serenity was there wasn't a terrific amount of joined up thinking in the first game. <laughs> Hence, you had Merc combat with, I don't know, the One Ring social interaction. Kind of different ends of what we'll call a spectrum. Uh, but I, I was sort of thinking, and, and I quite like the way that um, the attributes that we've taken from Serenity give you uh, alertness, intelligence, and willpower. And and the bit I was thinking about was that how can you sort of equalise everything? Although I do very much like uh that idea of setting a cap or setting a target number, maybe if you, if you need to roll dice. 
I, don't, I certainly don't disagree with you, John, about you know role playing through. And I think you know one ring, Wayne. I think is 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 again is is perfectly good. But then alertness is about that sort of intuition and observation. And you could kind of I was sort of thinking about how could you use the character that you've created to have that extended sort of test. So with alertness, for example, you could be looking for the opportunity. You could be sort of you know trying to gauge what it is the the person with whom you're interacting uh, is is really sort of doing in terms of their sort of you know body language and everything else. Uh, intelligence, it, as it as it says, is smart, plain and simple. You know, people with a high intelligence are bright and inventive. And if it were that you were sort of saying, okay, well, you, need, you know, you need to come up with a way to use your intelligence and ultimately then set a target number, which is exactly what you do with. Uh, with serenity anyway, uh, it would be a nice fit. And then the last one is about willpower. And willpower is uh, in terms of um, uh, in terms of the game mechanic, if you like, is about determination and force of personality. So again, that could be a third element. So if it were, you were trying to convince someone you'd never met before, you know, awareness, maybe an intelligence role, probably a willpower role. And you could sort of get, you know, it might, it might make that an extended test almost in itself. Does that make sense? So I, w- I was really sort of thinking about cobbling something together, but essentially taking it from the mechanics that we've already got in the game. I did look at a number of other systems. I in- increasingly find myself enjoying, I like Starfinder, but oddly enough for me, it's a bit too crunchy. You know, they've got, everything's got a, you know, there's a rule for everything. And it, as you were sort of saying, John, trying to echo exactly what you were saying, sometimes you just want to role play it, you know, I don't want to admin modifier to anything. You know, something Sorry. you were saying there, there, I really like about you, your three stats, to roll in what Martin was saying, taking social damage off those stats works really, really well. Um, yeah. Because you could go in, you could go in with an approach and there's a little bit of gaminess in there that you might want to go in with with points in your, your, your sort of social side of those statistics could be the stakes that you're kind of wagering. So you might want to go in with something that's not yeah. your to use gross D&D terms, just sort of primary kind of, you know, your primary stats, you may not want to risk those. So you might go in on different ones. I think there's something really interesting there that you could do. Yeah. Mm. And, so and, just and, abandoning and, my position immediately. <laughs> uh, see, um, see how persuasive I am. The, the other thing I was sort of thinking was uh, it would work, it could work quite well for a group. Yeah. Because you could have people within the group who are particularly alert or particularly have strength of character, strength of willpower. And then you could almost sort of say, you know, I was thinking about that idea of, you know, I've often thought wouldn't it be great to come up with a, in, in a game situation where you get like Ocean's Eleven or whatever, where you've got that very sort of, you know, smart and snappy kind of dialogue and things like that. And, and you could see how you'd have the Brad Pitt character over here. You'd have the, um, whatever the, the, ridiculously handsome person is um arthur Lowe uh <laughs> over there and then obviously <laughs> Clooney get Clooney gets a look in at some yeah. stage as well are you saying that dad's army was like a precursor to oceans 11 do you know it's got 100%. the same dna <laughs> and they've all got their different roles haven't exactly they? They've, all yeah. been, they've all been recruited for their unique skills warming to I, I, 11 i mean it's it's there <laughs> yeah I, I see. I see. No, no. Boy. I'm going to pitch this to. Is hello? Is that Channel Five? Uh, <laughs> but but John John Le Mazurier is very definitely George Clooney. Surely, uh, I I yeah. think it's a winner, gentlemen. I think so. Yeah. Who's Pike though? Matt Damon, perhaps is 
<laughs> his pike. Was that your Matt Damon impression? Because <laughs> I, oh, no. I mean, I'll t- tell you what: as a podcast, as an impressionist, you make a great podcast host. <laughs> have you have you not seen Team America? Uh, oh, sorry. Right, yes. Now I get the reference. I'm sorry. I now understand Staggering, that reference. Staggeringly politically incorrect, but extremely funny uh, in a very, very bad way. Matt Damon. Um, so uh, Serenity is where I'm going. So, mm-hmm. okay, we have we have four potentials. Uh, and this one, I think we're going to go in reverse order. So we have uh, Wayne, uh, One Ring. It's that idea of extended tests, continuous tasks, which I think, you know, it does work fantastically well. John was talking about, you know, come on, just role play. Don't necessarily need to roll anything, but session zero becomes extremely important to sort of set the tone and the way that might work mechanically, how it might work in terms of game feel and so on, which is no bad thing at all. And funnily enough, actually, I think um, a smart party did about session zeros, didn't they? In a recent yeah, episode, I think it was a while did. ago, wasn't it? But yeah, yeah, and yeah, you know, and and I think you know a lot of sense being talked about that without a doubt. So, um, Martin uh, went for the expanse. I, I do rather like the idea of red markets and eco punk, and then mm-hmm. I went for Dad's Army uh, Serenity, um, where it is uh, a combination of different stats, but that have an impact on social interaction. So, three of those three, what they would call the mental stats. Good. So, in reverse order, then uh, I'm I'm going to start. Uh, I'm t- I'm really torn, actually. I do I do like the idea of uh, with the expanse you've got um, that sort of ability test or combination and giving you bonuses, and you could then see that as working as a group mechanic too. So I do like that. The one ring, obviously. Voted for that when it first came round for the fantasy game and do, do like it, but I think actually I'm going to go with John. I'm going to say, do you know what? Let's let's make session zero really important, and and let's set the tone. And you know, if, if we do need to do, and if at the beginning it is roll against charisma, roll against charisma. So my vote uh, is going to uh, to grain chill. Just say no, no, no mechanic. Uh, Martin, again, reverse order. You can't right. obviously you can't vote for expanse. Yeah, that's fine. So you have Serenity, you have uh, John's just role playing, and then you have Wayne with the one ring. Yeah, I think uh, so. Um, I think John. Yeah, it's very. I, I like the idea of just role playing, but then you know, social interactions in a role playing situation suit me because I'm mouthy and I like the sound of my own voice. So. I, I, so I do kind of always worry about the sort of slightly more socially anxious person getting involved in the hobby if they think well, you've got to keep grandstanding. So, but I know the session zero thing could mitigate that. So that's yeah. Uh, so uh, serenity, I'm not really as familiar as I should be with serenity, perhaps. Um, so I like the simplicity of the three attributes, but for me. I don't see what what the stake isn't clearly defined. What's at stake with this? Yeah. So therefore, despite the sci-fi game, I'm going to clump for classic fantasy to the One Ring, and say I like it because it's a great system anyway. The whole um, extended test, and there's a there's a good stake. You know, there is something very visibly at stake when you enter a social interaction, and that to me is important. And I think too many games miss that, and so. 
it's the one ring okay good good uh john yeah um quite torn myself it's good good one isn't it this um I'm going to immediately, sorry, Wayne, I'm going to immediately rule out the one ring on the basis that it is, what it was trying to do is done better in Beowulf Age of Heroes. Woo. Um, it's very suited to a fancy game where you have formal audiences. I think if you were doing, if the sci-fi game was sort of fancy in space, yes, that would be good. But audiences um, are such a specific set of rules in the one ring uh that i think is too limited and uh for this and you've already had it so let's not have that again and then i'm really torn between serenity serenity and the expanse but i think because i like the three stat thing and uh, i think i'm going to go for where am i see i like both of those a lot i would sort of mush those together to be honest because i do like the stakes no halvesies. Well, no halvesies. Now we see. See now the three stats are already in, aren't they? So I would really be voting for the three stats rather than that. So okay, I am going to go for the expanse. Oh, there we go. Just to make it a little bit more difficult. Thank you very much. Yeah. <laughs> right, <laughs> Wayne. Currently, we have we have a three-way tie with one ring, expanse, and none. Serenity lagging behind. <laughs> How are you going to vote? Um, I think, well, I do. I'm actually, as, despite proposing the opposite, I actually um, agree with John um, that I, I generally like um, just role playing it out. Just, you just talk, talk the, the, the gem talks to the player, the NPC talks to the PCs, and you do it that way. But like skill roles, you, you when there are meaningful consequences, I think you, you need to roll the dice, and I think skills need to get involved. Um, so I think a system is needed. So whilst I'm a big fan of mostly just role playing, occasionally I think you do need some kind of system, even if it's just one skill roll. Um, so I think um, of the two, I mean, it's to be honest. Um, both the Serenity and the Expanse both sound like pretty decent systems. If you've got to pull, um, if you've got to pull a system out at some point in order to um, resolve the situation, I think either of them would be quite good. Um, and it really, it really is a coin toss. So a, a coin, a coin toss. <laughs> Sorry. Um, and I think to avoid uh, having a, a tiebreaker, I will vote for Martin and the Expanse. Hmm. That's that's the way my coin is Martin. tossed. Martin. And and your coin is tossed. Uh, <laughs> expanse. The Expanse wins. And of course, the eagle-eyed amongst you will realise uh, skill tests is Serenity. Characteristics was D six Star Wars. Ah, same thing, isn't it? Yeah, I think it is pretty much. It is now. <laughs> I'll edit that bit out as well. In fact, I'll edit out all of Every time you hear a, a silence, it will be, well, Serenity's not in there. But Dave, Dave didn't vote for anything. I'm just pleased I didn't nominate Conan for once. 
I, I would just say the, the other game that I've been reading in terms of this is the fate system. Have you had a crack at this? Mm. I, it's, uh, it's, it's up there. I didn't nominate it because its social rules are uh, a little bit baffling to me as yet. But mm-hmm. I tell you what, for a sci-fi setting, that's about as close Good. to something you could recreate the culture novels that I've come across. Like yeah. Before. Do you know, um, actually, I think that's absolutely right. You, you, I, I bought it and then obviously, obviously went out and bought, bought some of the silly dice that go with it. Sorry, it's mind it jammer because is... we've only just held. I just held it up. Oh, sorry. <laughs> mind jammer. Yeah, it's very <laughs> good. I'll, really like, really like. I'll, uh, I'll, I'll put it. It's a, almost like a you're a professional, Dave. Almost, almost. Okay, so it's the expanse. The expanse is social interaction for the game, mm. which is great. Mm. Congratulations. Well done, I know. That's 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 pleasing. It's good so, business. yeah, no, no, brilliant. Okay. Uh, monsters part two monsters now i did another one of these sort of fatuous polls which i'm i'm all for ignoring uh which was uh there were four that had originally been sort of talked about and um and those four were uh so uh four that came through for the poll were strontium dog ashen stars coriolis and Star Frontiers. Ooh, say that. Uh, and in terms of uh, the, the poll result, Strontium Dog uh, won, which I think mystified virtually everybody because the, the only monsters that I could remember in Strontium Dog were humans, as was pointed out by Strontium Dog expert Sam Vale. However, uh, Strontium Dog was wonderful. That was the point. Now they give a vote to the public. <laughs> That's what got That's us true. in this mess. <laughs> Stronty Mac face, obviously. Yeah, there you go. He had, he had okay. the best thumbnail, though, didn't it? Stronty Dog. It had the best little picture, as I remember, it, on the poll. And that's absolutely. what people vote for. Yeah, it did. Now, there were some other ones that were, were suggested, and I don't know whether anyone's going to use these, but uh, Tangled Andy, uh, uh, the Andalorian, at, at Andy Tangled. Was uh, invisible sun, the t- terra teratology, a great example of an antagonist's book, which I thought was good. A bit difficult to describe, he said. Uh, Mark Waterhouse, uh, he was the one who proposed strontium dog. Antagonists often just like the pr- protagonists, but with a discriminatory, repressive government and populace who mostly share their views. Intriguing. Uh, Tor Nilsson who is very kindly going to run me through a, a Delta Green game at some stage, which is fantastic. Silent Legions. Silent Legions, anyone? Nope. Where do these games come from? There's thousands of them. Thousands. thousands. There are. I, yeah. I know Dungeons and Dragons. I mean, <laughs> come on. Oh, oh, you've, you've, you've kind of given it away now. Well, quite uh, a few people think that's all you need to know, Wayne. So, uh, you know... You... <laughs> Orcus, Orcus Dorcus, hail Orcus Dorcus, says go with faraway land sci-fi supplement. I guarantee you'll both have monsters, oh, sorry, have both monsters and antagonists that are unique and fresh instead of the boring old rehashes. Again, now, Sean, Sean Smith, uh, Sean F, at Sean F Smith, Sky Realms of Jeroon. Mm. Now, 
I, I remember being at, at uh, one dragon meet when they launched Sky Realms of Jeroen. And, and you talk about baffling. You know, as you just said, we were just about conquering tunnels and trolls and dungeons and dragons. Sky Realms of Jeroen. The hell was that about? But look good. Um, Ashen Stars. Yeah, that came from Milner, Milner Maths. At Milner Maths. Uh, always sensible. Burn after running RPG blog. Listen to it, please. Best monsters and Ashen Stars. Not only are they horrible Class K entities that are basically alien level party destroyers, but you're in the aftermath of the Molinar War. Uh, Molinari. Well, they don't look like a design house for cars, wasn't it? I, I thought uh, it's quite, is that, aren't they Babylon 5? Or am I really showing my sci-fi ignorance at this point? Oh, I don't know. I, see, I would have, I would have kept my mouth shut. I wouldn't want to show them. Yeah, well, that's why. You're thinking of Londo Malari from Babylon am 5. Am I? Oh, thank you. Yeah. Molino. No, I was going to say, who would design the Ferrari? But I don't think with them was it Dino or something or other, wasn't it? Anyway, <laughs> uh, so so that was what sort of came through, uh, through uh, Twitter. And some pretty good suggestions, but but that may not be the case here. So, uh, who would like to start this time? Uh, no, no one wants to start. I'll start because I've no. started talking no. to Phil dead air. <laughs> um, good, now, good man, see, good man. The, this this is something we should have discussed in the session zero for this episode. Are we talking about our favourite monsters, as in you know the fiction of the setting? Or are we talking about the mechanics which drive those monsters? Because that's sort of two different questions. And I don't care about the content, just whatever. You know, they've all got they've all got different sorts, haven't they? Them games that you people like. It's all different kinds. Doesn't matter, does I, it? Just pick one you like. No, so I'm not gonna talk no, about that. I, I think I think that's it. I think that's what you go for the which one do you like the most? Is it is what yeah. I've done anyway. How we fit that's in not my mechanically. Option, me- yeah. Mechanically odd, but to go 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 for it. Monsters, okay, to be so, mechanically um, beginning. Uh, do you know something that really intrigued me that I will just and as well to give a shout out to Cam Banks actually, their Dragon Prince role playing game. He was talking the other day on Twitter about how their monsters don't have any kind of stat block; they're just a series of skill challenges, um, and that sort of tweaked my brain a little bit on a thing I was already. It's already nearly finished that we released. I'm not going to talk about anything apart from that earlier reference to Beowulf. I'm not going to try and sell you on any games. I'll just talk about things I'm interested in. But I really like the idea of monsters as obstacles and challenges and so on, so that you're sort of getting under the hood a little bit of what they're there for. I mean, there's nothing wrong with your old hit points and your, you know, stats and all that. But I don't like a great big stat block if I can if I can help it. And I'm very much uh, I'm just prepping the game at the moment. Again, which I can't mention the name of because of my self-imposed embargo on uh, naming my own games. Um, that that just has basically uh, monsters or monster all kinds of obstacles. Simply, if you don't overcome them in one round, they they run through a series of uh, consequences that they apply to your characters or other people's characters. Oh. So, so or your typical orcs in that, it's called The Silver Road. It's a storytelling game. I've just finished writing. We've just published. Um, in that game, if you don't defeat a monster, it does its first consequence. Your, your average sort of orky type monster is someone is hurt. So it might not be the person fighting that orc. It should be anybody. Somebody is hurt and the person fighting them narrates what happens. And then the next one, and they loop around these, the next one is more orcs arrive. So as you're fighting them, unless you f- defeat them, people get hurt. There's no mechanics for how they get hurt. It's all narrated. 
people get hurt more survive and it and you can build some really exciting stuff with that because you can just put whatever you want in the consequences they cycle through like a little program if you keep it broad so everyone can narrate um that works really well um and that was sort of underlined that was already written but it was underlined for me by cam mentioning a dragon prince role game what's it called uh what's it called Zardia, isn't it tales of zardia 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 um in that the idea that monsters are just uh basically a set of skill tests and you just decide what it what the monster is doing that you need to overcome um and i thought that was smart so there we go that's that's my one so, uh, don't know, don't know how you're gonna you sum know? that up yeah no. it is yeah it is tales of x-a-d-i-a See, the young people enjoy a cartoon called The Dragon Prince, which is on that internet television. I don't know anything about that. I only like books, you see, so I don't know anything about all that. They make drawings the, move. I watched the first Tales season, I thought it was pretty good. Good. It, like so much on Netflix, it end, it, the, the season ended mid-sentence. Which oh, I find annoying. It wants yeah, to keep you interested, it. doesn't it? There's nothing more annoying than ending mid <laughs> See what you did there. No, but the young the young folks like it. I wouldn't care to give any sort of opinion. I'm too ignorant. But that I thought that sounded really good. So yeah, my my thing is to not Tales give them a sort of stat block, and they 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 work like a sort of skill challenge, skill test type of thing. I thought that was really good, and you could expand a lot out from that. They might have different actions that impose sort of skill tests. They might you yeah know, yeah. You'd want to do a bit of work I like that. on that. Yeah, unusual. Or just copy it out of Tales of Zardia, you know. That's probably what you Absolutely. should do. Cam's yeah, already yeah. done it. And his team, as he's always keen well, to point out, because he's so nice. Well, well done. Cam. Well done, Cam and team. And yeah. by the way, he's not allowed to do Warmington on C11. That's copyrighted. <laughs> okay, yeah, that that's, that's already trademarked. Oh, I've, so I've, <laughs> I've registered the website, everything. Uh, yeah. Wayne. Wayne, monsters. Right then. Well, I, I've gone for the approach of rather than a monster manual with predefined um, huge bugs, uh, a system of making your own. Um, and I've gone for, because I, I love, like John, I love a super simple stat block. I've gone for Fate Accelerated, which mm-hmm. I love to tiny, tiny little pieces. Um, okay. Uh, with Fate Accelerated, you can you can stat the the monsters out um, like a full with a full stat block if you want to, mm-hmm. and it's because the way that fate works is you're simply assigning descriptors and um, what they call that aspects uh, aspects to the creature. It takes seconds, yeah. but even better if you just want a, a gribbly to attack your players, they've got um, a super simple system, which is essentially you list the things that it's good at and it gets a plus two for those things. And you list the things it's bad at and it gets a minus two to those things. Um, and that's your, that's your creature done. Um, an example I give is the sky shark. Okay. Uh, it's a, it's aspect is I'm a shark with a vulnerable belly. So you've got something there that the players can use against it if necessary. It's skilled. It gets a plus two to flying and biting. Uh, and then it gets a minus two to anything that isn't flying or biting, and that's your monster. 
Yeah, uh, and I, I love that simplicity. Uh, I think that is very simple, isn't it? Yeah. Create pretty much anything with that. Got, obviously, you know, you can on the fly, you could give it a plus four if you want to put like a massive dragon or something, I suppose. But um, make, make, making dinner minus two yeah. sharks are rubbish at that. <laughs> <laughs> it's it's it is interesting. You, you then have to think about mechanically how do you build that into something. And, yeah, but, but yes, that's the plus two is dependent on the on the actual system you're using. Yeah. I think yeah. that works for fate, but um, yeah. of course you're using. Um, uh, what's what stat block are you using? Is it Star Wars D6? Yes, yeah. Yeah. Well, he's so, now, you know, anyway. You'd need to adjust, you'd need to change that plus two to work with, you know, whatever. Uh, it'd be, I don't know, 2D, uh, 3D6 plus 2D6. I don't know. Yeah. I, I th- do you know, the problem is, as you get, as you get stuff older, it's maybe it's not a, an age thing, I don't think. You, you become increasingly sort of thinking, why? Why have I got? 50? It's like that. It's like there's ludicrous five A four pages of backstory. Now, unless you really, you really hate yourself and all your players, why would you do that? <laughs> and 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 the thing I, I find sometimes when so OSE for example D and I'm not actually sure I do an awful lot more than say it's got this many hit points and you know it's going to do something nasty to you. So I rather like that. The only bits I'm not a big fan of in Fate is some of the other mechanics, but but you're absolutely right. That's how could that you know air shark was it an air shark? Sky shark, yeah. Sky shark, yeah. guy yeah. shark. It's, it's a bit and like flying. It's a bit like the aftermath shark hit table where it was one fin, nineteen <laughs> to twenty, or you know, two to twenty body. <laughs> Really need yeah. a table with that. I don't know. But that's good. I, I, I do like that. That's, that's very good. It's hard to hit a fin. I mean, I've, I've not tried to hit a fin. I'm, I imagine it's really difficult. Mm. So that that well, hit table makes yeah. total sense. I mean, they're hard fingers to crossed hit there's they're no quite way. thin, aren't they? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> that's not really bad. I mean, that's not even. No, no, I'm, I'm, I'm writing that down. That's great. Write <laughs> that down. Use, make use of pronunciation of words. are thin. Fins are thin. There aren't many jokes in Beowulf, are there? No. I'm hoping not. Not allowed. None of that. Very serious <laughs> business, however you know. No, there is a bit. There's a, you know, there's a bit of sort of boasting and running other people down in a humorous fashion. Martin, right. monsters. What's your so, thoughts? Well, I, I think I've taken a slightly different uh, angle. Um, in that, I think monsters in sci-fi games—it's all contextual, isn't it? Because, like Star Wars, is great. They—they they always they throw in a big monster, and it's a rancor or it's a sarlacc pit or or, or whatnot. Um, and I think that works really well for a certain style of game. And I really like—I just really like that idea that. Basically, you see the monster as a, a sequence of challenges as opposed to a kind of stat block. And I think that w- would work really well with big kind of climactic monster fights. But a lot of sci-fi games, I think it's more about the antagonist or the, uh, rather than an enemy or rather than the monster, sorry. So I think that, look, a lot of the time in sci-fi games, your opponent is a smart, tech-laden, clever uh, alien species or human uh, protagonist so I th- so I don't know where so so depending on what type of sci-fi game you're running whether it's more on the 
harder end of it or the space opera end of it. I think yeah, uh, probably a bit more sort of space opera-ish. I think yeah. So in which case, yeah, the monster rules uh, are, are what you want. Um, I suppose it just for me, you have to think about like what what your monsters are there for. Are they there to be this great big kind of uh, sort of four color? Uh, great climactic fights or are they there to yeah. be something a little more kind of um kind of grim dark sort of alien type things where it's a kind of xenomorph or are, are they the are they the, is it the cylons <clears throat> yeah from... or do, are they looking like you are they cyborgs or transhumans so it kind of depends on your sort of game i guess so uh i mean that's just a like not a long way around of like uh, me just kind of waffling on about different kinds of monsters. So a couple of things I quite like. I like the alien system. I don't like the alien system in some ways because I think it's just kind of overly burdened by its IP. But um, the idea that creatures should have random attacks, and I think this kind of feeds into that kind of obstacle thing. Like, you know, round one, yeah. it does this. Round two, it does that. Round three, it does this. And it's totally random. Yeah. I quite I like that because otherwise, as a, you know, as a GM, you are you do tend sometimes to go a bit light on the players and the randomness yeah. adds that kind of brutality. So I kind of like that. And, and, and the other thing I like about that is when the, the I'm not sure whether it, it's actually in the rules. I can't remember now, but you roll for what the attack is. Yeah. Which is, I think is, is absolute genius. You know, you're yes. invested in your head exploding into the melon fashion sort of thing, but yeah, good. So I kind of like that idea, but I suppose uh, the game I would go for, the game I'd go for, because I've <clears throat> still got my la- last bit of COVID, the game I'd probably go for, because I really like how it messes with the idea of twisting between hard sci-fi and kind of space opera, is Coriolis. So yeah. Coriolis has this idea of the dark between the stars, and you can choose to interpret that however you like. So if you want like a hard yeah. sci-fi game, the dark between the stars is just uh, the fear of space. And I think that's another thing about monsters in sci-fi games. The harder the sci-fi is, like space is the monster. It's trying to kill you at every available opportunity. It will boil your blood and suck the oxygen out of your lungs the moment you do something wrong. So the environment is often the monster in hard sci-fi. Um, but what Coriolis does is it says, well, you can have it. So the dark between the stars is just this fear of the unknown. Or you can have it that it's actually a spiritual dark entity and if you like your monsters and you like your sort of demons then crank that side of it up so i kind of like the flexibility of that in a sci-fi game do you want it more space opery do you want it more uh hard sci-fi and monsters are a part of that dial i mean the knob twiddling as it were you know you can you can switch that dial between hard sci-fi or or kind of a bit more space opera and the monsters can adapt what your idea of a monster is can then adapt accordingly so I like that. So that is my choice is Coriolis. And 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 it is used in different ways, isn't it? Sometimes it actually something forms into a being. Sometimes they inhabit people. Other times it's sort of an impending feeling of dread, isn't it? So yeah, yeah, interesting. Interesting. You both went for two uh, free league systems though. Alien and uh, Coriolis. Oh, oh, you talked about them anyway. Well, I talked about them, yes. Yeah. Yeah, which is not the same, is it? And ironically, uh, that's where I'm going as well. Again, I, I, 
sometimes I just I do like the the sort of simplicity of lots and lots of monsters. But if it was going to be, as you said before, is it are we looking at a monster manual? Are we looking at the mechanics, or are we looking specifically? It's a something. And you know, I, I do rather like the idea of perhaps uh, something like Starfinder, which, as I said, it's lots of crunch, but they've got lots of monsters in there. There's lots of stuff. You don't have to think too much about it after they've done it. But it's good. I quite like. I do, I do quite like Starfinder. Actually. I'm desperate to play the game at some stage. But the one I'm going for is it's a it's a it's a free league game, uh, and it's a bit from Mutant Year Zero, but it's Gen Lab Alpha. Now, the, the bit, the, the only bit that I would improve on for Gen Lab Alpha, which obviously is, it's the, uh, it's the animals as um, sort of mutated, post-apocalyptic. Even though I know we're playing, we're playing something that's sort of going to be uh, almost high space opera. I guess the bit I, I sort of I could sort of foresee when I was, thinking, well, what am I going to go for? Am I going to just go? It's you know D and D monster manual. Am I going to go with? I don't know. Coriolis was one I death certainly was thinking about. Star Frontiers, again, was another one I quite like. That sort of overarching um, nemesis in, in, in the Sathar. But again, it's a little bit on the simplistic side. What I would do is I would randomise uh, the monsters and I would, I would have the setting be this somehow we've, we've all left Earth and part of what came with us were animals. And at some stage over a period of time, those animals have evolved and they then have become a little bit like, you know, the, what they called, not the Aslan, what's it in Traveller? Um, oh, Vargo and the, the uplifted, the uplifted yeah. dogs, aren't they? Yeah. So I sort of think what I would then do is, because I, I, I do, I'm really, really, it was, it was the one bit of mutant year zero that I really, really wanted to have a go at was this idea of, you know, uh, animals that have somehow been mutated. Uh, and it's fantastic. I, I think it's I think it's the best bit of Mutant Year Zero, in my humble opinion. Um, so I would have Mutant Year Zero, Gen Lab Alpha, and uh, they, the animals, uh, have gone uh, have gone across the galaxy. It, we could even end up with the uh, Sky Sharks, of course. They're, well, they're would, would would it be would it be an exciting deviation from from the the free league thing to go to really the source of that and you know a mighty fine system of, of palladium teenage mutant ninja turtles come on that's got all that business <laughs> well character creation brilliant <laughs> in that yeah yeah i remember oh. that <laughs> quite long <laughs> yes a lot of value anyway sorry dave carry maybe, on no 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 maybe you're right maybe I should, no I'm, I'm gonna stick with it i'm gonna stick with gen lab alpha but i would randomize it and i would make but yeah. then i could, you could also make them playable races too so you don't necessarily have to be sort of and, and, and that's a bit i probably like a bit more than anything else is how could you play animals in a sci-fi setting and i think one of the things that sort of made that was that was the marvel film of um where is it's the raccoon who's been guardians of the oh, galaxy yeah. isn't it yeah. Uh, which I, I think is, I think is the fun, most fun character. So that's the kind of thinking behind it, anyway. There we are. So you would, I you would basically... want it to be um, setting specific, right? You, you're building your monsters. Idea of monsters is built into the setting, so that yeah. you know, yeah. it's very key. Yeah, yeah. Rather than have yeah. to just do anything and it's random. And then, how do you do your goblin fights that everyone actually secretly loves? Um, yeah. How do you do them? 
when it's random. You can't do it, can you? Um, I also so, yeah. fancy the idea of turning the corner and being confronted by a massive grizzly bear with a with a space laser. Yeah, well, who wouldn't for like me, that? Yeah, that's, for, for me, simplistic. Anyway, there we are. So we we have we have our four choices again. So John, uh, looking very much at Cam Banks's uh, Tales of Jardia, Jardia, Exadia, Zadia, uh, Tales of Xadia. Anyway, young people know how to say that, and will be laughing at us right now. <laughs> I'll, I'll find young, I'll find a young person. I say young yeah. people won't be listening to this. No. Oh, that's <laughs> very true. <laughs> My mistake. Oh, au, au contraire. We had our first under under teenage. Uh, Downloaded the other day. Oh, I think it was something else. <laughs> First person <laughs> under 45 to download this podcast. Yes, it was a youngster of 38. <laughs> this is what they want. After a project on Mary Shelley in school and got the wrong end of the stick. <laughs> yes. Yeah. I'd love to see that school report. Oh, yes. <laughs> you, you're, you're ungraded. Did you, did you read uh, Mary Shelley's Frankenstein? Oh, yeah. They were talking about tales of Jardia. <laughs> oh, well. Uh, so we have, uh, John, tales of Jardia. This idea of monsters as, as challenges and and sort of like a, a, a breakdown of, of the encounter into things that are going to happen, consequences, if you don't overcome, for example. I think that's right, isn't I'm it? so cool yeah. and young. Yeah, and hip. It's very new school. Mm. It's. Uh, I'm, I'm beginning to think that the Warmington on C11 idea. Maybe we're going to have to think about what, who we're talking. It might not be one for the teenagers, Dave. It's true, but <laughs> Wayne, uh, very much like Fate Accelerated. Mm. Uh, fate Accelerated, and again, you know that idea of things it's good at, things it's bad at, bonuses, minuses. Mm. Martin flirted very briefly with the alien system and that idea of. Uh, randomized attacks, but went for Coriolis, the dark, the darkness between the stars. Very good. And then me with Mutant Year Zero, but uh, Gen Lab Alpha in particular, which I thought could be quite uh, quite fun, quite interesting. Good. Okay, so uh, c- can I vote first? Actually, did I vote first last time? I think I probably did. Uh, but yeah. I am I am going for uh, Wayne, Fate Accelerated. I like the idea. Uh, uh, yeah, sorry. I, I like the idea of actually, and again, as, as I'm sort of, the more, the more you go, I'm wondering whether I'm sort of looking down a, an ever diminishing corridor of time that I've got to play games. <laughs> <laughs> Big stack yeah. blocks are not where it is for me. I have to think of my, uh, I have to think of my uh, my future. So I'm going fate accelerated because I do like the idea of things it's good at, things it's bad at. Come on then, let's go to it. So, uh, fate, fate accelerated for me. Uh, John, John, what would you like to vote for? Bearing in mind, obviously, you can't vote for Tales of Jardia. So, fate accelerated, Coriolis, uh, Gen Lab Alpha. I forced me to vote for some old man's game. <laughs> uh, it's very close, isn't it? Gosh, this is really good. When I was on that fantasy version of this, I was like, what are these people talking about? It's all making far too much sense. To, to just really pick one easily. 
I might go, I might, with all apologies to everyone else, because it was very close, I am also going to go for Fate Accelerate. It just was sheer simplicity and it'll just slot in, won't it? I think so. Good. Uh, Wayne, what are you going to go for? You're bearing in mind you cannot vote for Fate Accelerate. No, this is true. So, um, no, uh, made very, very good cases made for Coriolis and GenLab, GenLab Alpha. Um, but I, I do. I do really want a system because space space is infinite. There are so many different worlds and so many different possible species that I don't yeah. think uh, some you know a kind of a definitive list of of monsters can really um, is really enough. I so I do want a system where you can create your own. I can't vote for Fate Accelerated, so I am going to give my vote to Tales of Zadia. Uh, it's, uh, if no, if no other reason, it sounds intriguing. I want to have a look at it mm. now. A Cam Banks, um, I think, is is also very, very good. Okay, isn't he? Uh, apropos of nothing, I think he's very good. Uh, Martin, uh, you can't obviously vote for uh, Coriolis, uh, but we have Tales of Jadia, Fate Accelerated, or Mutant Year Zero Gen Lab Alpha. I think that... Uh, as we are looking at a more space opera game than hard sci-fi, which, you know, I think is a terrible mistake, but that's, you know, that's just me. Uh, as we are looking <clears throat> at a more space opera game, the idea, like uh, Wayne just said, space is infinite. Any sort of monster can appear. And I think going back way, way back to the first issue, the idea of the wow factor, I want, if I'm yeah. going to face a big monster, I want it to be like, what the hell is this? All right. <laughs> what this is just nuts. And yeah. I think for me, the system that seemed to sum that up was the Tales of Shardia, in that it stops mm. being a physical entity and starts being a sequence of ideas that what it can do yeah. to you, a sequence of challenges. So yeah. it stops being hit points and starts being something much more kind of, um, well, much more wow, you know? Yeah. Uh, and so that final real monster where you know all the heroes are banded together it's got to be something that is just completely bonkers and uh, challenges you in lots of different ways so tales of jardia i think i think i'm there i mean i'm down for that that sounds great tales of jardia which which sends us sends us to a vote off mm. <laughs> now the the extremely ironic position is both john and wayne are the ones whose games have been voted for to each. <laughs> so you can now change your vote if you would like to. But obviously, if you swap <laughs> both <laughs> your own, <laughs> this could get a bit tricky. Roll a dice. Well, we haven't had session zero. We haven't had session zero. We don't know what that resolution mechanic is going to be. <laughs> Excuse me, I'll just let the dog out for about the fifth time. Dogs that like to play okie is, is that a humanoid dog, Dave? Has it been gen-labbed? Yeah. <laughs> it's slowly mutating. I'll tell you what, one of them's got the most horrific mutation. <laughs> well, I'll leave it there. Yeah. She stinks. It she doesn't stinks. look like Arthur Lowe, does it? <laughs> a stinking dog with a face of Arthur Lowe. The size of an asteroid. Told you we can make your... up any monster we like. Absolutely. <laughs> That, uh, <laughs> that just flies and bites. Yeah, it's good at, good at barking orders. 
Ooh. Ooh. Very good. Okay, so we do have a, we do have a game off. You you may have to uh, you may have to murder your darlings. So we'll go around again. Uh, uh, Martin, so are you going to stick with? Are you going to stick with uh, yeah. Tales of Jardia? No, nothing in the last two minutes has persuaded me away from Tales <laughs> of Jardia. No, I I, I get that. Uh, I am I am similarly. I'm going to stick with uh, Fate Accelerated. So. John or Wayne, one of you may have to murder your darling, unless we can somehow, and this could be an interesting conclusion, maybe we merge those two things together. Well, they're quite close, you know. They're not, they're not mm. a million, a million miles, miles away, apart, are they? Are they? No. So it becomes but, fate of Zardia. Fate of Zardia. <laughs> Zardia accelerated. <laughs> Dragon Prince fast. Uh, Dave, Dave, just roll the dice. <laughs> Do you know what I'm going to? Well, are you going to vote for your own, or have you have you been persuaded to vote for the other one very quickly? Before I roll oh, the dice, yeah, just do it with the dice, and then you know, yeah, just sticking with your own. Okay, so what, what are we going for? Are we going? For, uh, I'll I'll go for a the, the most unloved dice. I'll, I'll do a D12. Okay. Oh, good man, love yeah. a D12. One, it's a one very to good six. Good dice, a D12. What are you talking about? Unloved dice, Merkman. Oh. <laughs> I could I could have done naught to 50, 51, 200, open ended. Divides roll. by three, divides by four, divides by two is the best, is the best dice. What are one, we doing? One, one, one to six, it's right. uh, Tales of Jardia. Seven to 12, it's, uh, it's Fate Accelerated. Here we go. Can you hear it? <laughs> it's, an, it's an eight, everybody. I rolled an eight. Fate Accelerated. Mm. Is uh, is the system of uh, of monstering for the uh, Frankenstein sci-fi game? Got one by in by the off. Teeth. <laughs> First Good time though, we've eh? ever had to resort. Brilliant. Well done. I, li- I liked how those Gentle. two were so close and got similar votes. I thought that was it. Shows mm. the, the yeah. deep integrity in the decision making process. Here. Absolutely. The, the the wisdom of the panel was uh, on display. Yeah. There's, there's going to be nobody calling for a re-vote. The election was rigged. Listen, brilliant. Thank you very much indeed. So we have finally decided the social interaction is going to come from the Expanse role-playing game. And after a, a just, you know, the tension, palpable roll-off, uh, Fate fine. Accelerated. Fate Accelerated becomes our monster-generating uh, system of choice for the sci-fi game. Brilliant. Gentlemen, thank you very much indeed. Thank you, Dave. Thank you. Well, that was episode six. Clear as unfiltered beer. More in the show notes, uh, including a picture of Arthur Lowe, his most famous role as Captain Mannering in Dad's Army, or Nan, as I like to call him. Special mention should be made of uh, one of our guests, John Hodgson, He's the designer, artist, promoter, producer of many games, but has his own company, Handiwork Games, which is great. Please do check them out. Next time, we'll be talking all things spaceships. Totally new to me, but spaceship design, mechanics, which bits go in them. As long as the doors all go swish or ping, I'll be happy. Anyway, see you next time, and thank you very much indeed again for all of your support.